0: This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to
1: fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to 100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years experience and a good driving record.
0: Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and
1: scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need
2: us. Triple A heating and air. It's the GidGuy Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was
0: at that time, 6th in the country and 4th in the SEC, which is amazing.
1: West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete.
3: And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still
2: certainly plenty to talk about. <laughs> On the home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game.
3: And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Thank you once again to Mitch Jeter for hanging out with us today on the uh, Garnet Trust Hour. You know, Chris, I feel bad we didn't even bring up the fact that he was a perfect 11-for-11 11 11 on uh, field goals last year. I feel like that's something we should have hyped up a little bit. Yeah, we, we
0: missed out on a few opportunities. There's a lot to get to with Mitch. We needed two hours, I think. Yeah,
3: he, he, but he was... He's got a good voice for radio. He said he's maybe this is something he'd be interested in down the line. He's definitely got the yeah. voice for it.
0: He does. We hear, we hear that a lot. They, yeah. All the athletes that come in here are impressed. and We've had several be like, I would like to do this. Um, Terry Ford brought it up to him during a break, uh, him missing a field goal in the spring game. You know? But that was like a... He brought that up to him?
3: He did. Wow.
0: They're laughing Ruid. about
3: it. It, it, was, it had a good laugh. And now he's never I, coming back.
0: I, 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 didn't get to, I didn't even get to t- ask Mitch either about, like, the game-winning field goal against Clemson, you know? Guys, what were y'all doing? Well, I asked, I asked him about, I did ask him about the fumble play. Like, we spent several minutes dissecting the fumble and the little muddle huddle, you know, Dabo's attempt mm-hmm. to troll Carolina. Mitch made that tackle. He he was wondering if he could get credit for causing the fumble, and I said yes.
3: Well, we also got the hit. We also got his side of Hunter Rogers' touchdown. Yep. which Hunter told us about last week. Uh, of course, we got some limbo stories. Like it was it was a pretty full hour. Yeah. Did Mitch
1: confirm that the kickers practice tackling drills? He did.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Figured. He he also confirmed that you know under Pete Limbo they do a lot more than typical. Yeah, well, I mean, he even he even brought it up to, you know he was like, I was here before Limbo got here, and we didn't do that much.
3: Essentially, a kicker at South or any specialist at South Carolina, quite frankly, is ready to play any position on the field. Well, I mean, what we know now,
1: they actually, you know, the whole pitchers are athletes too, like kickers are athletes too. Like they, South Carolina has some good athletes at kicker and punter, which slapper, yeah. <laughs> Did Hunter just text you that? But <laughs> yeah. but not for real. Like you don't necessarily always see that. Um yeah. I mean, Mitch obviously works out with the team too. Like he's not just looking at him like they're they're in very good shape. Like they're not sitting around during the workouts. So I'm I'm glad y'all did get that since it seems like y'all didn't <laughs> ask him about anything else. But Got on a few things. Th- think about this a a year ago, so we're we're having I was thinking about this earlier today. We're having Nicky worry. Join us on Thursday um, live from Gold Line Framing in West Columbia. Come on out. He'll be there 10 to 11. But I was thinking about this a year ago, Nikki Memori is sitting there about to enroll at South Carolina. Fast forward to now, and he's a freshman All American solidified starter. A year ago, Mitch Jeter, he was on the team, obviously. But re- do y'all remember how long this kicker battle went? I mean, it went all the way up to like the f- the week before the season, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It definitely went into camp, and it was even kind of like, all right, you know, we we could see both guys kick, and let's see let's see who does the best. And then Mitch proceeded to just not miss. <laughs> and yeah. even then, you were kind of watching. Like I remember thinking you know, he's only human. At some point, you're going to miss one. You're going to, like, miss hit one. And, you know, even the one in the spring game, I think, was from, like, 52, 53. Like, it was a long field goal. It was a long, was field, a long goal. field goal. So, you know, you kind of understand that. But, th- I mean, this kid was exceptional last year, accurate, has a leg, and actually, I think, is score one for the idea... He and Kai Kruger are both score one for the idea of getting a scholarship kicker out of high school. It doesn't always work out, but in this case, it absolutely has. And he
0: actually gave us some thoughts on that, which I'll, which I'll give to you. But first, the, going back to how his career started. So 2020, he comes in. He's supposed to be the heir apparent to Parker White, right? This supposed to be Parker's last year from an eligibility standpoint, well, then COVID hits, you know? And so Mitch actually was the kickoff specialist for most of the season. And then you're presumably supposed to take over. Well, Parker White comes back for, what was that year? 12 or whatever. In 2021. Parker decides I'm going to break every record. He's like, I'm going to break all the the history of
1: South Carolina football.
0: So now Mitch is just the kickoff specialist again, right? Like he ended up taking 53 of the team's 65 kickoffs. And he did get to kick a couple extra points against Eastern Illinois that year. So now you fast forward to 2022, he's taking over for Parker White, who has all the kicking records. He needs to be the guy, but then he's locked in that battle, like maybe almost unexpectedly in terms of the length. And and maybe it was, Wes might've been not that close as it was portrayed possibly um, with Herrera, right? Ends up winning the job, ends up being the kickoff guy and the place kicker. Hit 53- and 51-yard field goals. Went 11 of 11. Hit the game-winning field goal against Clemson. Uh, won the GPA award for the special specialist and the outstanding student-athlete award at the team banquet. It's a pretty good, pretty good career
1: so far for Mitch Jeter. I never got any of those awards in college for academics. Certainly not for kicking the ball either.
0: But, but But he he did give his thoughts though, Wes on your on your point about scholarshiping kickers. He he pointed out like there there's cycles to it, right? If you've got a freshman kicker or punter on, on scholarship, you're not gonna go out and scholarship one. And did you know Wes that Limbo recruited him at Memphis? I didn't know that. He actually said he already knew Limbo because Limbo was at Memphis at the time and had recruited and offered Mitch Jeter. So when Limbo got here there was already a pre-existing relationship, but he just, he just handles his business really well. I'm not surprised. You know, we've, we haven't had Kai on the show yet. He's, uh, he's only recorded the, the Kai Boda commercial. We'll have him on, (laughs) which is Those are so good. Those are so good. Um, we'll have him on at some point, but we've had him, we've talked to Kai before, right? A lot. Um, we've had Hunter on, we've had Mitch on, a close knit group, and they're all just super impressive.
1: I, I didn't know you could top the Mo
3: Kaba. Oh, yeah. Ad. The Spin Done. The Kai Boda ad. And see, guys, without NIL, we would have never gotten these great commercials. That, yes. That's what I'm
1: saying. Chef's Kiss. And here's the thing for NIL to really extend some value to you as a company, I feel like your advertising and your marketing has to go beyond just being an ad. Like, it has to be something that makes people want to talk about it like this. And. The second I heard the Kai Boda commercial, I was like that that's the be- best ad I've heard this year
0: there's no doubt it's it's brought us it's brought us not only these athlete appearances right so all the 107 five of the game listeners can hear from these athletes, which is really cool, right We get them in three to ten minute segments at a press conference, and that's going to be your typical how did you feel out there, you know, t- type of thing, which I, I, we asked some of those on here too. But to have them in here for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and get to like, deeper dive on some stuff and really see their personality, it's, it's just really cool stuff.
3: You, you know, we uh, we didn't even get to ask them about food either. I guess we can no. to get them back here and get all those answers. Well, we we needed two hours. Exactly. What
1: did y'all talk about?
3: Well, you I know... I guess I'll have to go back to the podcast and page, page and listen. <laughs> the 107.5 The Game podcasting page, I would literally... In the middle of editing it right now, as you're talking, yes, as I'm talking.
1: <laughs> so well, Tyler's not listening to us,
3: is what I'm. No, no, i I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I can multitask really well. Apparently, so. In in all, it's situations. a good trait to
1: have, Tyler. Why
3: do you think I'm always on my laptop when we're doing this?
1: I figured you were scrolling Twitter, looking at uh, wrestling insider pages. <laughs> oh, I do that and too. NASCAR. And NASCAR. Um, <laughs> he, how how was the NASCAR trip, by the
3: way? Oh, it was fun. I had a great weekend. Um. Got a nice little tan. Didn't get too burnt, but fun time out of Darlington. I'd never heard of the guy that won. You'd never heard of William Byron? Nope. Sure, of Jeff Gordon? Yep. He's driving his old car. Okay. So, yeah, I know.
0: there you go. I was going to say, I know Jeff, but I don't know him. I know of him. I did, though, Wes. You're making fun of us for not getting anything from Mitch. I did get this. So, he and Hunter and Kai all came in in 2020, right? So, they're all seniors. They all have an extra year. The door is open for two years of that battery, not just one. So are they all coming back? That that was not
3: officially announced, but the door is open. He said he was open to the
0: idea. It has been cracked. My interpretation is that Mitch would like to come back for another year. Personally, he's not speaking for anybody else. I would think, you know, especially with Kai, there's going to be some pro buzz there. Although it's hard to tell, you know? I mean, Parker White comes here and is amazing and he is up doing OTAs with Green Bay right now, but like him, Elliot Fry, like it's just different, right? Like transitioning to the pros, it's kind of hard to tell. And And if Mitch and Kai, if they have the type of years that they had last season and don't get like a requisite amount of accolades, we might get an epic rant from Shane Beamer. Looking forward to that. <laughs> He's had him in the past. He couldn't get too mad. Like, Hunter Rogers was what? Second team all SEC
3: by the league's coaches.
1: We also didn't bring that up with Hunter either, I don't think. Well, we're just, we got to do a better job,
3: guys. We'll have to get him back in here for another hour. But if you missed any of our conversation with him today, you can find it on the 1075 The Game podcasting page very, very shortly. We'll run into a timeout, come back on the other side and dive into a little bit of portal talk you on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game.
2: It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5 The Game. And as always, have
3: to let people know about the sub of the day waiting for them at Firehouse Subs. It is
0: the Turkey Bacon Ranch at Firehouse Subs, 14 Midlands locations. Turkey Bacon Ranch Tuesday, it's Tyler's favorite. It's one of Wes's favorites. It's one of my favorites, one of Juice Wells from South Carolina football. One of his favorites from what he told us here in the studio. You can get that for seven ninety nine for a medium, five ninety nine for a small. There's a sub of the day every day of the week at Firehouse Subs. 14 of them all owned and operated by our good friend Larry Chandler. We'll be out at the West Columbia location actually on Friday, guys. Looking forward to that. But today, don't even wait until Friday to go get yourself a Firehouse Sub. Get the through. Rapid Rescue. Yep, Rapid Rescue. It's the way to go, Chris. It's the way to go. Rapid Rescue online, subs.com Turkey Bacon Ranch. That
3: is the sub of the day. Back with more on the other side of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. It's
2: the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecock 107.5 The Game.
3: And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler, West and Chris along with you. Been talking a lot about the transfer portal lately, and obviously everybody's keeping their eyes on what Logan Diggs ultimately decides to do, uh, though many think that LSU is more likely his destination given his hometown ties and obviously relationship with Brian Kelly. But uh, you guys are also saying you need to keep your eye on a running back out of North Carolina State who could potentially make himself a Gamecock here soon. Yeah, Demi
0: sumo Carmbe has been um, an interesting prospect or player to follow here in the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so, Wes. I know you and I have been talking about this one a lot off air, behind the scenes. Uh, So Demi is a guy that has battled some injuries during his career at NC State. But what he has put on tape uh, looks pretty good been pretty impressive and so he hit the portal seems to kind of call people in raleigh a little off guard uh, but he hit the portal and he's considering a few different schools uh, four of them to be exact south carolina colorado missouri have all hosted him on visits yesterday the winds seem to be pointing a little bit more towards south carolina this morning according to what we've been reporting on gamecock central there's been a lot more Kentucky buzz as of late. So Colorado, Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina, three SEC East programs. Colorado's in on every transfer in
1: the world <laughs> right now. Hey, Kentucky's guys. in on a bunch of them too, Kentucky's man. in on a bunch. Especially, there must be like completely flipping their run game because yeah. I feel, it feels like every offensive lineman in the portal, <laughs> yeah. Kentucky's involved. And yes. now they're involved with Demi as well. Who, um, Demi's nickname i believe is uh sharko slimy shark i saw that one too Um, like that's pretty good pretty good nickname sharko is good i I think on his twitter it's sharko but it originally got there because he used the shark this is the kind of stuff it's kind of details that are in the bios on college football players now (laughs) is that he put shark in one of his social media profiles so that's the shark emoji i should say That's how he got that nickname. but um, I do, I will say this, I appreciate NC State for leaving the bio up. Sometimes guys hit the portal and it's like they never existed Mm -hmm. at the school. So I appreciate that, but this one has taken some shifts and turns, but let's look at it from a Carolina standpoint, Chris. Some of that is also that Logan Diggs is out there, and Carolina has obviously taken their swing at getting digs as well. And, you know, that that one sort of took your typical, I think we see this in recruiting, your typical swings where there's a favorite, then kid visits some other schools. In this case, it was South Carolina. There are some positive vibes, maybe some conservatively like kind of like, you know, we feel like we got a shot. But then the LSU visit loomed. The LSU visit took place. Seems to sort of point to LSU. Mm-hmm. I, I also I will say this: I I have remained in touch with some of my LSU media buddies. There there was Chris a little sense of like, all right, what's um, what what's what's now the hold up? <laughs> like yeah, we we thought we were getting this guy. Why has he not committed? So, still, yeah, still. So I, 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 and I'm not saying that. I don't want to say that to plant any false sense of positivity for South Carolina, but just trying to give people as much of the full picture as we can, because you're always putting together a puzzle when you're trying to give people information. I, I think the puzzle still points to LSU for Luke for Logan Diggs and. Um, would be kind of surprised if it wasn't them still, but there is there is that little sense when a guy like I don't I don't think this was a case from what I've been told. I don't think this was a case of him telling LSU on Sunday, "Hey, I'm committed. Let me get back home and put this out there mm-hmm. whenever I'm ready." I don't think it was quite when that happens. You're talking like ninety eight percent. You know, it's a done deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was quite that. However, there were lots of reasons for LSU to feel good, and I, I don't think I, I think South Carolina is pretty in tune with that. Yeah, a, as well. Well, and
0: Shay Dixon from uh, the Bengal Tiger, which is the LSU site on the On Three Network. I mean, they're super tight in. They do a great job, and he had mentioned, I think it was on Sunday in his update on Diggs. Pretty much exactly what you said, Wes, that, like, this is a situation where he was expected to go home in Louisiana and kind of mull things over and talk about it. And the signs have kind of more pointed to LSU. LSU's always had, even aside from just take the signs out, they kind of always felt like it would ultimately fall their way, like that they they were going to have to weather. I think when he first went in the portal, it was like, this is happening, Right. Then it was, okay, he's going to Ole Miss in South Carolina, and he's giving them, particularly South Carolina, Wes, he's giving them more than lip service. This isn't just a, I'm going to take a trip for fun. Like, South Carolina, at least, I can't really speak to Ole Miss, was heavily, heavily considered here, has been heavily considered. And I think they made it a tough decision, quite frankly. But LSU has still felt, hey, the playing time issue, the depth chart, we've got some answers there. We can we can make we can make up that ground because we're going to show Logan hey, you've taken the second most snaps of if you were added to our roster, if any back on the roster. Hey, we had three guys that were injured last year that were out during the spring. Um, you're you're one of the most proven guys and you can play. And then, you know, the NIL piece that always comes up with high-profile transfers, they felt like they they would be fine there too.
1: How much does it change your thoughts? On the running back position for South Carolina, if let, let's just say either of the guys, and right now you know I don't I don't know if they'll get either, but having Logan Diggs or Demi versus not, I mean I, I do not not that they are like the single missing piece, yeah, for this offense, but I, I do think if you add one of those guys, Chris, it does kind of change the conversation and it changes. Even the expectation, especially from the outside looking in, for maybe what the upside of this offense could be, is possibly the best way to say it. Well, and you brought this point up, so that this is partially
0: how I'd answer it. You know, think about how you'd feel about this offense if Marshawn Lloyd was still on the roster. I mean, what just saying his name and putting him in the running back room, you feel like like right now you feel like probably that this is going to be a pretty good offense, right? that not a 63 points against Tennessee offense, but an offense that can average, what did Carolina average last year? 30, right at 31 points a game, that they could turn in a similar performance with what they've got back. But if you add Marshawn Lloyd to that, you feel like that might be, I mean, literally a a back of his caliber can make like a touchdown a game difference, I feel like, if you kind of average it out. And so I don't know that Logan Diggs or Demi Sumo-Karbe are on the Marshawn Lloyd level even. But I think they're both pretty good. And so I think it would change the outlook substantially because either of those guys in my mind, Wes, could step in and be a starter. So if you can add a starter to your team and upgrade your roster, that's going to change your outlook. And then just the depth, quite frankly. I'm sitting here thinking about right now, you've got three scholarship backs on the roster. You do have a fourth coming in this summer, but he'll be a true freshman. If you have an injury or two at running back during the season and you don't add one from the portal, even if it's just a depth guy, even Mm -hmm. if it's not a starter, that can really change your outlook.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And again, we've talked about it. Braswell, I I think DJ Braswell is going to be a very good player for this team. I've talked to some people, you know, he's a four-star guy that they think he's even better probably than what he was ranked as. And, you know, we'll certainly see if he can play up to that. And you can play somewhat early at running back, but not being able to go through spring and, you know, you, you don't want to count on that, I think, is is the best way to say it. Like, could, could it come down to that? Could it come down to you're going into a big game and I mean, there's a real chance you could be going into a big game and Braswell is your starter this year. Um, you know, if enough guys get banged up, but you don't want to if you can help it, you want to put as much buffer in between that as possible, I think.
3: All right, run to a timeout, come back on the other side and Look at some projections for the SEC championship game. Uh, according to Vegas Insider, not too favorable for South Carolina. We'll discuss that next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Over
2: Hour. 107.5, the game.
1: If you're looking at upgrading that man cave, as I think we all want to do in life, uh, give our friends at Integrated Media a call. 803-948-8327. They have outfitted... This studio with actually more cameras than we probably even need. I think I see four different angles that you're going to be able to watch me and Chris here in the future. Uh, you probably don't need that many cameras for your man cave, but you do need, I don't know, maybe a brand new TV. You want to make sure that you're stre- everything's streaming now. So you want to make sure when you hit that watch ESPN app that you're able to uh, stream correctly. And uh, maybe you want some surround sound. Maybe you want to run some speakers to the outside. So when you're grilling out this summer, you're able to listen to the game or listen to some music. Anything involving your smart home, your audio, your visual, integrated media can help you upgrade that. Again, that's 803-948-8327. Check out their options online at integratedmediainc.com.
3: What's South Carolina's odds of winning the SEC championship? We'll discuss it next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's
2: the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head, on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And
3: welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Tuesday morning Vegas Insider has released its odds for the SEC championship in 2023 and no surprise you have Georgia Alabama and LSU at the top uh, teams that you know kind of separated themselves from the pack in the SEC certainly and, and you go down the list and sure Tennessee at number five no surprise there A fourth best odds that is a little bit of a surprise but but going down to South Carolina. They're all the way at number 11, and their odds are plus 9,500, which is tied with Arkansas and just above Kentucky, and while obviously Georgia has command of the SEC East, seeing South Carolina behind the likes of Auburn and Florida just doesn't make sense to me personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way you've sort of
1: served that up, Tyler, because... I don't I don't think I'm that surprised overall that South Carolina is way down this list. I mean, just the sheer fact you got to go through Georgia to even get to the thing is I mean, look at this. Every so other than Georgia, the next the next 3 teams listed on here are all in the west. Um you know, Tennessee fifth on here and then Then you have Ole Miss, Auburn, Mississippi State before you even get to Florida. So, I mean, I think going through Georgia is sort of partially affecting the numbers here because that's... And for Carolina, you're going to Georgia. So, not that you have to beat Georgia statistically, mathematically to win the East, but let's be honest, you probably do have to beat Georgia to win the East to set yourself up to win it. So... You know, I I think this is a situation where I I think Carolina should probably be ahead of Florida, but the rest of the list, I I don't know if I have that much issue with. I will say this, A&M being as high as they are, I know they're talented, and I know we probably, maybe we're putting too much stock into how much they struggled last year, Mm -hmm. but man... I don't know if I could expect them to bounce back and be what is, I guess, statistically you have them as the third best team in the West. That that would be a little bit surprising to me. Is that that is that
0: your biggest surprise on this list? A and M's position, so they're
3: fourth. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I feel like A and M gets hyped going into every season like this, though.
1: Of course they do. They they yeah. get media hyped, but Vegas. Vegas wasn't built on getting the hype wrong for the most part. Right. I mean, I mean Ve- Vegas made, I, I saw this thing, uh, it was one of our, it was one of on Three's graphics. I think it's Vegas has made $17 billion <laughs> since, I don't know, 2018 or something. So... Yeah, they try to make money. They're not worried about hype. They're, they're, they're good at this. There's a, there's a reason... There's a reason. Like any time you get into the like, oh, this is is wrong when we're talking about odds, I kind of try to take a step back because this is not Jim and John sitting in a room coming up with these. This has been plugged into a computer, and this is what the computer spit out because of some algorithm. So I I can't really take the, oh, they're, you know, they're hating on south carolina there there's no respect you know respect the brand or what, whatever i no it's this is a computer something about it now is it that they had the all these five stars that are on the roster and is the algorithm heavily weighted by rankings potentially i don't know i, I don't know what from last year told had, the algorithm that a&m should be fourth but they
3: had 31 guys transfer
1: out mm mm-hmm. mhm but I, there, there's something being plugged into this mathematical equation that is spitting out A&M as fourth.
0: And is there something in this equation that's like, they brought in Bobby Petrino to call plays, and regardless of what you think of him, he is pretty good at that. He's very good at it, actually. How much does that factor in? We don't know. I, was, I don't know. I just, here's my two. I have a couple surprises in here. And again, trying to think through the fact that this is, you know at least to some degree that a lot of this is like database right but Mississippi State I'm a little puzzled by their spot here they are right with Auburn right and above Florida above Arkansas and like especially you think about the fact Mississippi State has to go through Bama LSU A&M Ole Miss which all are all are above them right that makes sense but like gosh I just don't know. First year head coach was Zach Garnett. They've lost a lot of key guys from what I've seen to the transfer portal. I'm a little bit surprised that they're... They're not high on this list, right? They're middle of the pack, basically. But I was a little bit surprised by that. I feel like Kentucky may be a little bit too low. I know it's not popular right now to give Kentucky any type of credit. So I'll stop short of that. But yeah, And, and I've been very much on the forefront of pointing out when I feel like Kentucky's overhyped. But are they a little bit too low? They've had a really good, I think, offseason in the transfer portal. They've lost some guys. But you bring in Devin Leary. You got Ray Davis coming in at running back from Vandy. They're in on Demi Suno-Carmbay from NC State. They've lost a lot of offensive linemen, but they brought some in from the portal. Little lowish, maybe.
1: Yeah, but I, I do think, though, worth pointing out, like pretty much everybody on this list and i i don't know if i'm looking at the same one that you are tyler the one, the one i'm looking at has multiple books listed here and some of them are a little bit like one of them has south carolina at, at plus 9500 the other two have them at mm-hmm. plus 10,000 but even some mississippi states at plus 7500 so i mean those are those are incredibly long long odds, odds, long odds. Right? compared to georgia Plus one of that's basically one-to-one money mm-hmm. right, that you are going to win a championship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, I think just mathematically for all this to work, anybody else in the East is going to be long, long, long odds because you have to mm-hmm. get through Georgia to get there, whereas all the West teams... I mean, Al- Alabama's plus 220 to win that. That's still pretty good odds, but... Um, all the East teams are kind of mathematically blocked, I think, by Georgia. Whereas then it's all sort of split up among the West teams who might represent the West in the title game, which then gives you, you know, a decent shot to win the thing. Basically, I looked at
0: on three. So this is another data point. This is a human opinion. So on three had their post spring SEC power rankings. power rankings. You must have seen this, Wes. So Georgia, unsurprisingly, is number one. West, I think, has seen it. So it'd be cheating. Tyler, who do you think is number two? Number two
3: overall? Overall. East power and West, rankings. Power uh, rankings. What? LSU? It is. LSU.
0: Okay. LSU, then Bama, and then Tennessee, and then Ole Miss. Uh, at the back, Missouri and Vandy. So the, these almost kind of match up in some ways. With some of these odds. Um, South Carolina ranked number nine. Kentucky just ahead of them. And on three, Jesse Simonton did this.
1: Number six, Arkansas. That's an interesting one. I feel like Arkansas had a lot of hype coming in the last year. Lots. Well, and it's, it yeah. died off this year.
0: Well, after the South Carolina game last year, you know, I was like, man, that's a really good team. It, defensively, they weren't great. And that played out, but they, they kind of fell off a cliff a little bit after that game.
3: All right, run right into a timeout, come back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, talking a little bit of baseball here on 107.5 The Game. 107.5 The Game. Hey, switching
0: is easy. We do it all the time. And it's not a stretch to think that you can switch and save with State Farm because State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup right here in Columbia can help you and your family do that. She can help you switch over on your insurance. so You can start saving today and they are ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood with Amy Mason Cup. It's easy to switch and save. You can just give her a call 803-772-5554 or visit her website for more information at amymasoncup.com. She has actually helped my family when we were looking to switch and save on our insurance. We called Amy's team, and they took care of the rest. They're experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, and helpful. They can help you with all sorts of insurance policies, whether it's home, auto, business, boat, renters, life, life insurance, and much more. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm have you covered with a personalized quote or office off of I-26, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. Again, the phone number, 803-772-5554, or amymasoncup.com. When
3: you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Baseball talk to wrap up the hour here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs.
2: Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecock. 1075, The Game.
3: And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 1075, The Game, uh, Tyler West and Chris, along with you for a couple more minutes. We're handing things over to Jay and Terry for the halftime show. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock, we have Carolina Baseball. In action against the Charlotte 49ers out at Bounders Park. First pitch again at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage can be heard right here on 107.5. The game starting at 6.45. This is a important week for South Carolina baseball. Obviously wrapping up the regular season against Tennessee at home this weekend. But tonight is important too. Um, one, just wrapping up the midweek uh, schedule for the year. And this is a Charlotte team that you've obviously played earlier on in the season. Falling six to two back in March on the road in Charlotte, and uh, right now uh, South Carolina trying to get its offense back on track after what was a bit of an underwhelming weekend against Arkansas. Well, that was
1: really at the time when they lost to Charlotte, one of the true only blemishes on this schedule at that point for South Carolina. And I, you know, you certainly don't feel like Charlotte is going to catch anybody sleeping today. This game is arguably just as important as the series this weekend with Tennessee, just in the sense of not what a win would mean for you, but it's also, it's like kind of like just what avoiding the loss means, where you don't want to put another midweek loss. I don't know what quadrant they fall into, but it would be at home for South Carolina, whereas the other one, I believe, was technically counted as a road game, even though it was a neutral site. So it didn't probably hurt you quite as much in the RPI, but losing a home game to Charlotte would obviously not be good for South Carolina. And then I think Chris, you got to, you got to build, you got to keep building going into what has become the biggest series of the season this weekend, Tennessee coming to town. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series as well, which always affects your pitching and how you have to structure things. And, Just putting yourself in a position to win this game today is massive. you got to win it any way you can. But even how you win this game is going to affect the Tennessee series because, yeah, you do have one day off, but it's going to affect your usage of your, your bullpen, your pitchers overall throughout the Tennessee series. So not just winning it, but how you win it I think is important.
0: Yeah, especially in light of, you know, you still don't have Noah Hall, of course. Not expect haven't not been expected to have him, but you don't. And then Will Sanders, you know, is remains out for right now. And so your pitching's still taking a hit. You you go to Arkansas and the pitching is I think safe to say rebounded, right? When you come away from that series, the issue was not the pitching. You know, the the pitching was completely fine. And in fact, gave them a chance to win really every single one of those games. It was the hitting that needs to get back on track. But to your point, Wes, with the one day layoff, you've got to do everything you can to win this game. So if you've got to throw some guys, if you're Mark Kingston and Justin Parker, you've got a plan. You've got your ideal plan, right, of how you want things to go. And you really don't want to have to stray from that. You don't want to deviate from that plan because that means that now in this Tuesday midweek game, you're throwing maybe some of the arms that you would like to have maybe even Thursday against Tennessee out of the bullpen. Um, it's it's going to probably be more of a whole staff approach today. I don't, I don't think you can expect the starter to go super, super long. You need, some, you need the bats to warm up. You need the bats to be hot tonight to give you an early cushion to where you feel good about things. You need your bats to sustain you in this game to take the pressure off the pitching and, frankly, the coaching staff from how they manage
3: it. And we know with Kingston staff, that magic number is trying to keep these guys under 30 on a night like tonight, still be able to preserve them for the uh, weekend series.
1: Yeah, and I I think another magic number, if you, uh, so if you're South Carolina, you're sitting at 37 wins right now. And so let's play this out. If you win tonight, if you get two of three from Tennessee, then you're sitting at 40. And for whatever reason, it's a nice big round number. 40 has always looked better than 39 when it comes to regular season records in college baseball. So I think no matter how you get there with all the ups, all the downs, all the in-betweens, if you could look at this season and say you finish with 40 wins, then you know that would be... Uh, a, a situation there where you, you probably feel pretty good about where you sit I think it would take probably at this point a fairly deep run in the SEC tournament to be a top 8 host but I, I think if they could beat Tennessee this weekend not lose today then you're probably still feel pretty good about being a top 16 which would mean hosting a regional here in Columbia which as we talked about earlier this week that, that's the key for this team they're, they're a different team when they're at home and you're always going to just the matchups work out so much better because you're playing, you're having to beat a two seed, which by definition has not had near as good of a year as you have versus being on the road, playing a one seed, playing a super talented team at their place. And so if they're going to make a run in the postseason, there's obviously some things on the field that have to get better. But I think a situation where just to go in with the proper seating um, this, this week, I mean, you, you play all these different weeks, 10 weeks of SEC play, plus your out-of-conference play. It really all comes down to this week for Carolina baseball, I think.
3: And again, tonight's game starting at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage can be heard starting right here on 107.5 The Game at 6.45. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Half-time show with Jane Terry coming up next here on
0: 107.5 The Game.